In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you today by the smallest positive integer requiring three syllables. Welcome in to episode 11 of the Gospel Friends. I'm David. I am yet again impressed. Nick. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I'm Chase. Awesome. So Google, I'm presuming, to find these. I I can't let my secrets out. But if you listen to this show two times in a row, you can make a wish. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Okay. I never know. Okay. I am sorry for that. I This this new intro has been entertaining and off-putting. Um, if you're still with us, we would love for you to... <laughs> if you hadn't already cut it off. If you haven't gone... 20 no, seconds into the done. show. Hey, you know, there was a, there was a big... A while back, um, when I used to design websites more often, there was a very quick turnover time for people. Like, if, if you didn't capture their attention, on a website at least, it was within single-digit seconds. Oh, really? They were gone. So, so we're doomed. We may be. Um, but if you are still with us and would like to correspond with us, you can find us on all your favorite social media sites, um, the Twitter at My Gospel Friends, Facebook. We have got a group set up where we kind of funnel our conversation, facebook.com slash group slash Hall of Dogma. I'm there. Anybody else there? I was kind of there this week. I did a little bit. Okay. Why does that be that way, David? Me and today, me and Robert, Manuel. Y'all Ra- were having a good conversation. Rachel, we were all there. If you're old-fashioned and want to shoot us an email, um, you can hit us up at thegospelfriends at gmail.com or voicemails 205-575-9735. I want to read that number again because actually we want to get more and more uh, voicemails played on the show. We got one again today, uh, but 205-575-9735. also want to thank our good buddy Sean Lombard. Um, he is the guy that provides music for our intro and outro. You can find him on Facebook. Just search for Sean Lombard, S-H-A-W-N. Also, quick shout out to the guy, all the people listening to us on uh, SoundCloud or Stitcher. Uh, guys, I've noticed the last three days we've had uh, people listen, you know, lots and lots of people listening on, on the streaming media. We appreciate y'all. Uh, we would ask you to subscribe on uh, iTunes yes. and, and maybe even review the show if you like it, because that just kind of helps us reach more people. And we sure do appreciate all of you listening, regardless of how you're doing so. Absolutely. Do we not have a uh, new way for people to contact us to announce this week? Uh it's we do more, have SpeakPipe, yeah. Yeah, we're more using that for international. Um, we are so taking weird. advantage of their good nature and having a free – they have a free account. The El Cheapo. The El, yes. Um, hopefully not for long, but for now we're using their, their free account. So we're asking international um, people that want to leave us voicemail to use that, speakpipe.com slash thegospelfriends. Um, and if you're for domestic and can use a – you know, not international charges on your phone, the normal. That How do people great. get in touch with us if they use snow mail? Uh, they don't. Because the Hall of Dogma is in an, in an undisclosed location for a variety of reasons. Our secrets, Just put Hall of Dogma on the envelope with a stamp. It'll get to us. The postmaster knows where we reside. Just like Santa. Well, guys, I hesitate to ask this question uh, because I, I don't know about y'all. I didn't see anything interesting to talk about this week, but I know we had to dredge up something. <laughs> yeah, so, I look, it's thin pickings. Uh, I'll go to you, David. What is on tap for today? What did you discover that was worth... Uh, Somehow making it into the show. Anything interesting? Uh, there was a, a, a small brush up um, about uh, Billy Graham. 
Billy Graham. I think I've heard of him. <laughs> wow. Or we could do the. Um, there was. I also think I read something about Mark Driscoll. Mark Driscoll. You're talking on, about the guy that's uh, some out in the Northwest. Yeah. Well, he's some, he's planted a couple of churches. It was kind of he an has. obscure. It was kind of an obscure website, so I don't know if anybody else heard about it. But okay, uh, well, something something happened with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I thought we'd just try to. I mean, I don't think we can spend much time on it because not much. Do there, you think but, listeners know who this guy is? Who Mark Driscoll is? Yeah. Ah, probably not. But we okay. can explain. Well, well, we'll let him know. Okay. Okay. So we'll talk about Mark Driscoll in, in a few minutes. Sounds good. What so about you? Nick? All you need to know. Um. <laughs> I mean, what about you, Chase? I know what we're going to talk about on my, on my end, <laughs> and saying. that is we're going to talk about cults. I was, I was, I don't think. That the last time Nick gave that face, um, Chris Davis was running down the sideline against Alabama. Too soon, buddy. Too sorry. Soon. Hey, here's the quote of the week. If y'all want to think, let no. things get boring, go right ahead. Uh, if you want to know the context of that quote by David McConnell, you can email us and contact us any one of the ways uh, we presented at the beginning of the show. I will tell you what's on tap for me, and that is talking about cults. In particular, we're going to be talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses. Are they cults? Uh, and this is based on a call we got last week from our good buddy, uh, the Baptist Fixer in Australia. <sighs> and there are things we laugh about during the show that happened uh, during show prep that I wish I could share. Chase and for the right amount of money, I will. Chase just we spend went, a lot uh, of times together on the weekend. Chase just went very inside baseball. Sorry about that. Way inside. Uh, I'm, I'm your gonna, little Auburn leanings drove me to it. Hey, we actually have, uh, coming up later in the show and listener feedback, a, a guy who almost quit the show right away because of you two homers. What? I'll tell you about Are it Are you later. serious? Yeah. Tell what you about it did happen, yeah. Oh, wow. I missed that one. Sorry. Um, well, I'm going to steal the uh, the mic from David for this segment, the uh, um, the what were you guys thinking, a local... Um, no one steals the mic from Rev Verbitch for long. Not for long. That's true. Unless you have super wind in your lungs to be able to talk unimpeded. I've been around Nick a while. He's pretty windy. Sing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you all ever gotten to this point in the show and gone, should we just start up <laughs> and really, really consider it? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, if we already say, weren't, we will get to serious things. Hey, We hey, just got to work all this hey, out. You know what? I'll edit it out later. Good plan, David. That's, that's my line on everything. That's great. This is delightful. Um, well, I was browsing a local um, a website for local news near the hall where the hall dog was located and the um the headline caught my eye and that made me go there must be multiple people that we would wonder what you guys were thinking um, because the headline was no a facebook crash does not constitute an emergency seven times you should not call 911 <laughs> and um in the lead up to the it's gonna be good Lead up to the article, the person um, facebook actually had an outage um not terribly long ago and according to a local tv station um a public information officer had to tweet, um, Facebook is not a law enforcement issue. Please don't call us about it being back down. We don't know when their servers are coming back up. And where was this? Um, sir, California. Facebook, yeah. Facebook went offline. Um, I remember that. Yeah, it was it was a legit outage for yeah. a while ago. But apparently people called 911 for it, um, which are prompted... You, are you serious? People a, according called 911 for a Facebook outage. Because they couldn't get to Facebook. Well, what's worse? So here's number one on the aforementioned list. Is it worse to call Facebook when or call nine one one when Facebook is down, or to report you are trapped in a bedroom by a domesticated cat? 
Look, I have been around some cats. Wow. I've been around some dangerous looking cats. My mom has a cat that I honestly think is psycho. A previously sweet kitty, quote unquote, attacked, forcing an Oregon couple and their baby to take shelter in the bedroom. <laughs> a couple? You mean a, a couple. man was there? Well, it was a couple. Okay. I don't, okay. Um, you dude, never know. It was, it, was, it was a cat. Are you afraid? Do you understand They're our persona on football. the show is that we are heroes, you know, on the side? And you're <laughs> afraid of a, a, a domestic kitty cat? No, look, if there, if there was um, a, a, an arch villain for Rev Verbage, he would probably have like a couple litters of cats. Okay, so your me. weakness is kitty cats. They're not. Look, 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 <laughs> Everybody no. has a kitty cat. Okay, I'm about to offend. It's not like kryptonite or anything. Last week I, mean, I offended. I alienated the entire city Paducah. of Paducah. Yes, good job. All there. four of them. Now, this week we're going to go with kitty cat lovers. Well, there's a lot more of them. And uh, so I, I, I want to tread carefully here, but <laughs> kitty cats really aren't that sweet. They're, they're sweet when they're first born and they're little kittens. And then after that, they turn into these hissing, clawing monsters. <laughs> Sometimes it takes me a while into the show to figure out what the um, album art featured image on the website is going to be. Pretty close to it. Pretty close I think I've. I My think mom good. will say, just go pick that cat. And I'm like, no, because every time I pick one of her cats up, they go into <laughs> mode. And, and I spend the next five weeks wondering, hey, when's that skin on my arm going to grow back? You realize. Cats are very instinctive animals, and they, and they may be reacting to something. If they all react the same way, they Say it's may. my fault. It's just something to consider. I'm more of a dog guy. Well, I'm more of a dog so guy, jokes. too, but I'm not afraid of cats. All right. So question two, is it better to call 911 when Facebook goes down or to let, some, let them know someone sold you bad weed? <laughs> well, <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, bad weed is serious business, right? Wait a second. They yeah. called 911 to report to the police that someone had sold them bad weed? Yeah, the the writer of this article says you may want to refer to your dealer's customer service hotline <laughs> as opposed to the, the police. <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking you may just want to let it go either way and just find a new. Hey, what dealer. constitutes bad weed? Well, look, oh. I'm going to assume you didn't answer that question. <laughs> yeah. It, look, maybe he had obviously tried it and because I mean, if he was he was getting some kind of high off of it because he actually called the police to report it. Yeah. He may be actually the next, the subject of this next one. Is it better to call when Facebook is down or to complain if you're an escaped convict whose handcuffs are too tight? <laughs> okay. So he escaped from jail, yeah. still in his handcuffs, yeah. and he called to report the handcuffs were too tight. Yeah. What do you do in that situation? Like if you, you just escaped from jail. Phone a friend, not the cop, yeah, not the you police. Can't, you can't that? phone a friend. What did he call the police? Yes, he don't. Uh, well, nine one one kind of connects you to the police and the ambulance and all. <laughs> okay, of wait a minute. How do you call the police if you're in handcuffs? Maybe they were in front of him. Well, yeah, not behind him. Maybe he used Siri, David. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he get the phone? I think when they release you these days, uh, or when you escape, no, you they, escape. they give you a, a phone. <laughs> what what you would out. you do? What would you do if you needed to get out of the handcuffs? Get get a pair of wire clippers. Or I'd probably hire a couple of the guys on the A team because they're really <laughs> good with tools and uh, riveting and sort of only nice if you can find like them. That. I nice. can find them. All right, we're gonna go with this one then. Um, when Facebook is down or the McDonald's drive-through forgot your hash browns. Okay, this like one Arizona couple reported a nine one one. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the link of that yep. article. 
uh, articulation this article, I understand that breakfast combo is just not the same without the Browns. I get that Mickey D's has done you wrong, but they're hash browns people. They're not part of the essential food groups. Plus, if you get angry, throw your meal and threaten people. Couple. You'll probably be charged with assault and disorderly conduct, and they'll serve you hash browns. And they don't serve hash browns in jail. When Michael and Nova, <laughs> withholding their last name, didn't get the hash browns they ordered at McDonald's, they did more than chew out the employees. They allegedly called 911. The couple ordered two breakfast meals from a Mesa, Arizona McDonald's, and when they noticed missing potatoes, they got fried themselves, and Nova went inside to confront managers. Uh, apparently, he didn't like the manager's response, and so he called 911. Nice. We actually have a friend that loves fried potatoes about that much. I think Sam might consider calling 911 if he did not have his fries or fried potatoes in some different form. That's pretty funny. Hey, he Look, he could. If he ever listens to the uh, show, he may take offense to that. <laughs> we're fine. We're yeah, yeah we're that. good. We're good. Um, did y'all hear about the article that went around um, Facebook while I was online this week about the guy who and – I, and I, it, it reads to me like it's a fake story, but it's priceless if it's not. Um, there was this kid in line that was annoying him, and uh, – kid just would not would not calm down and and he the guy you know done the trying to be polite hey you know sorry just got off a long shift do you mind if could see if he could calm down you know maybe you should maybe you should do that um but the the mother just lit into him no problem and so he bought brought every like apple or peach or whatever kind of pie they had oh, in the Burger that. King. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. yeah. That was priceless. Yeah. I want to give that guy a cookie. Not yeah. that he needs any more sugar at this point. All right. Last one we'll take out of this article. Is it better to call 911 when the Facebook is down or someone wants you to get out of the shopping cart and take it back to the store and you don't want to give it up? Get get out of the shopping cart? Get, as yeah. in you're sitting in it or something? Yep. A Boca uh, Raton woman was arrested after she called 911 multiple times from a shopping cart. She was 40 years old. Apparently, she climbed in the shopping yep. cart at Publix, saying she was being harassed by an employee who just wanted his cart back. There there are some. Wow. There yeah. are some. Well, she knows how to have fun. There I mean, are some odd people in the world. I don't know. None of you cart. listening to this show, obviously. No. But... In the world in general. Absolutely. Look, I can't think of a better what were you think title than what were you thinking for this, but or maybe, you know, get some help. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm trying to figure out why did she want like the cart? That that's bad. that's what I couldn't find in the story, but just just the thought of it, you know, there are a certain set of teenagers that I could see so that the having dead, maybe stake claims to shopping carts to have let's say a race in a parking lot in the middle of the night or something. But you know, usually logic will prevail, and if it's nine one one or getting out, they'll get out. But to stake claim to a shopping cart in a store, you know what? I bet it was. Please. I bet she had gotten one of those uh, race car. Uh, shopping carts because you know Publix only has like two of those yeah buddy and every time we get there my kids are like can we get and I'm like I don't, I don't know if they'll have it today or not so I bet she was trying to get the race car the race car buggy actually the deputy got there and told her to give the cart back and he left and she called 911 again to report the guy was still harassing her about the cart wow oh that's crazy she oh needed to uh, she she needed to be taken in that cart to the pokey yes and some evaluation by the yeah, way, maybe I, not the pokey. I maybe had, she got maybe maybe, maybe she got some of the bad weed. 
I, I did not. Uh, I did not call. That's nice. I, I did not call nine one one recently, but I did have to call the sheriff's department uh, about three weeks ago for the uh, story that I can't share on the air because you guys voted it down. But the one where my dog was assaulted and I didn't know what to do. Yeah, you still um, can't tell that story. Uh, dang it, because it's really interesting. <laughs> Look, it's interesting, but it's also you can't tell the story. Okay, uh, fine. I, you know what though? I would pay. I would pay money to get a copy of that nine one one call. It was I, t- I didn't call nine one one. I called the, the sheriff's department okay, to get, ask them what to do and if they could send out somebody with a tranquilizer gun. I still would pay they, for that. They didn't do that. I want to so. point out one more can thing we, before we, we okay. before we leave this story. As long yeah. as we leave that conversation. Okay, I just want to. I'm still traumatized by that story. I want to point something well, out. So it. the sheriff's department in California, when they were getting all these reports of Facebook being down, they let everybody know that Facebook. Um, being down was not a law enforcement emergency by tweeting it out. Now, number one, number one, I'd like to point out that Twitter was still operating uh, with no issues. Yep. And number two, it really does no good to tweet out Facebook is not a law enforcement issue because the people on Twitter don't care. <laughs> well, anyway, the people on Twitter are celebrating that Facebook is down. That's true. So you see there's enmity there. Some people actually use Facebook and Twitter, David, believe it or not. But I, I still think you're going to prefer one over the well, other. Well, you do. You do. So yeah, David, that is true. Cats like Facebook. Dogs like Twitter. Which, so that would mean <laughs> you probably prefer Twitter. So how's it going with Twitter lately, <laughs> David? Uh, Twitter's been great. Hasn't huh? Yeah, we're doing well. We're up over uh, nine followers. We are over nine followers. Thank God for that. It's, it's changed a little bit, I think. Hey, let me tell you something. You. Those first ten people are all mine. I take credit for them. Kudos. The next 5,340 belong to Chase. You laid the foundation. Belong to Chase. No. Hey, speaking of Facebook and, and speaking of kind of transitioning into slight more serious conversation, uh, we got bit. a post here from our old buddy Robert W. Johnson from Michigan in the Hall of Dogma, which is our Facebook group for the show where we talk yep. about theology. Uh, we don't plug it a lot, but we got a quite an active group there. We'd love to have you in. Just all you got to do is go to Hall of Dogma on Facebook to join. And Robert uh, posted this. He said, There is quite a bit of controversy surrounding the Acts 29 network removing Mark Driscoll and his church. I have mixed feelings over the situation. I will say people on both sides have been extremely ignorant and angry over this. I've seen a lot of childish behavior. Pretty sad. Thoughts? And I'm going to kick that to you, David. I will say real quick, in the intro to the show, we were being a little bit tongue-in-cheek. We certainly know who Mark Driscoll is. Most of you do as well. Um, We're going to talk about this story. We're going to talk about it very seriously. We know there's a lot of people out there with a lot of really heavy opinions. What we're going to do is we're going to avoid as best we can, ungodly criticism on either side of the issue. Yeah. Uh, Galatians 5.15, Paul says this as a warning. If you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. And, and uh, none of us are for what we've seen in Christendom uh, of late where I mean, Christians are just arguing back and forth and, and fighting with each other and decrying each other and insulting and criticizing each other. There's danger in that. At the same time, there is a time to raise a cry of alarm. There is a time to warn. There's a time to exhort. So all of that said, David, how about you introduce us to this uh, 
this this story that's shaking the airwaves with Pastor Mark Driscoll. Yeah, it was really funny because last week we did this. Um, I did a new little segment called Yay or Nay, and so part of that was I, I gave you guys a topic, and I said, okay, give a yay or nay to this, and then 30 seconds explanation why. So for fun, I threw out Mark Driscoll as a topic, and all three of us said yay, and then we gave kind of a 30-second thought on Driscoll. And I, as we did that, I thought, at some point, we're going to have to come back and we're going to end up talking about this in, in, in a larger, uh, at larger depth. I didn't know it would be the last you know, seven days later. Yeah. Uh, but this story's kind of blown up this week. I'm going to try to get a, a pretty quick summary. And, and you guys, please jump in here and, um, and uh, add anything to, to what I'm saying that would be that would be beneficial here. Uh, Mark Driscoll is uh, a, a mega church pastor from Seattle. Uh, the church started in his living room many years ago as a small Bible study, has grown to one of the largest churches in the country, and Driscoll himself has gained uh, incredible notoriety. Uh, Driscoll is is a guy who um, many people have opinions on, uh, good or bad, and um, as he's become very well known, he's gained a lot of followers and uh, a lot of critics. Over the years, one of the things that's been clear is Driscoll will say that at certain points in his ministry, especially early on, he had um, his attitude, um, his um, tone as he preached were not what they should be. His attitude, he says, toward um, even women, he writes about this in the Real Marriage book, um, was, uh, was not what it should be. And so he's he's admitted that he today is not the same pastor that he was in his earlier years, and he's come out and owned up to some of mistakes that he made in in some of those early years. I don't know if you guys remember, but people used to actually call him the cursing pastor. Do oh you, yeah, do you yes. remember that? I do. And uh, so he would he would he would you know nothing I would say like f bombs or anything, but he would let out curse words during sermons. I remember when he got invited to speak at. By John Piper at one of John Piper's conferences, there was a big blow up about that. If you remember about Piper letting him yep. come, and the story is Piper kind of pulled him, you know, pulled him to the side behind the scenes and talked to him about some of his language during sermons. And, and Mark Driscoll has been gracious to come out and say, you know, Piper really helped him in yep. that area. Um, but he is he's dealt with a lot of those things. Well, just recently, um, he is. Several controversies that he's gotten involved in have come out. You guys can help me remember, but I, I do know there was the. Um, there's been some books that he has written where people have come out and said that he has not properly cited mm-hmm. sources within those books. Well, people accused him of plagiarism, and, and his defense was improper citation. Yes, that was it. Yeah, he, yeah. he and the fact that it was written by a uh, ghostwriter. ghostwriter of sorts. Ghostwriter. There was. Um, Probably less controversial in some circles, but if you guys, he showed up at the John MacArthur um, Strange oh, Fire yeah. Conference. It was actually a move of Driscoll's I didn't agree with. Um, so MacArthur is a very well-known Bible teacher, Reformed guy who is a cessationist. He yes. doesn't believe that all of the gifts of the Spirit are still today. Driscoll is a Reformed guy who is a continuationist. He believes that they are. And so MacArthur's having this strange fire conference, and Driscoll shows up there to give away some of his books. And then there was this thing about Driscoll saying they confiscated my books, and they were saying on video, uh, why don't we help you put your books in the car? So it was yeah. there was a controversy there. Um, By the way, may, 
maybe a little blown out of proportion. Look, I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm a continuationist, uh, like Driscoll, like John Piper, like D.A. Carson, like Wayne Grudem. Uh, I, I, I think that was a misstep by Driscoll, but boy, he was vilified for it, yeah. and it wasn't a villainous misstep. Unwise. I, yeah, I perhaps. think it was a very unwise choice. Yeah. I mean, I like I like both MacArthur and Driscoll. I lean more toward Driscoll in, in, in terms of theology uh, on those things, but MacArthur is a an incredible Bible teacher, yes. and um, I just thought it was a I just thought it was something Driscoll to me was a little bit sensationalist. I, 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 kinda, I, I, I do think agree with you go there. Um, Couple more uh, controversies have come up. Was the um, it turned out that Mars Hill, his church, had paid a company to help get one of his books on the New York Times bestseller um, list. Like you could pay a fee, and they would ensure to get get your book on the bestseller list. And there's been some questions about tithes and offerings from the church being used for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the most recent thing. Um, years ago, Mark Driscoll wrote a book and admitted that in the early days of Mars Hill, he used to post on a message board as William Wallace II, and he said he posted things that were inappropriate. Um, don't know his exact terminology, but that was the gist of his uh, admission. But just recently, someone has published those comments that he made, uh, which were anti um, uh, uh, well, harsh toward females and homosexuals, um, uh, very um, um, over the top in in um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Chauvinistic. Chauvinistic. Thank you. Very over the top there. And but again, Driscoll has admitted years ago that he did right. this and it was wrong. But someone just now published it. Yeah, I so, want to say he did it like 14 years ago and has apologized. Seven, eight, nine years ago. Yes, and but just now, just now, okay. someone's coming out and publishing those things. So, anyway, here, so here we are today. What is happening is these modern controversies are stirring up uh, some of these older issues, well, and now add- we have this huge firestorm uh, that's coming against them. Go ahead. Well, the thing I, that's that I can't get away from is the William Wallace II thing has been drudged up in a time where he is in a. For all intents that we can, for all accounts, self-imposed sabbatical from public uh, interaction. Now he's still, as from all I understand, he's still teaching on a regular basis at Mars Hill, but he's he's dropped off Facebook. He's yeah, dropped I think off he Twitter. Just went off social media. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and he's also not traveling and doing all that. He is focusing on his family, his his self, and his his local congregation. And at a time of self-imposed kind of not exile but self-imposed silence that's when some of this stuff is getting dredged up and that that's what's peculiar to me so sorry well and some of the um some of the there's other stuff involved i think what is starting to to drudge up some of this is there are some past members of the church um Mm -hmm. that uh and past friends of some of the elders excuse me elders of friends of some of the past elders that were let go at mars hill um who are starting to come out and say what was happening behind the scenes was wrong. Driscoll was 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 doing some power plays, and there were some elders that were fired that shouldn't have been. And some of these former members are starting to come out in in opposition to Driscoll and and doing some of the um, even protesting at the church. I think a couple of weeks ago, and so you know it just seems like you know from outside looking in, all this stuff's kind of coming together at one time, and it it 
you know, maybe came to a head this week when Acts 29, which is the uh, church planning network that Driscoll helped start uh, with another pastor out of Florida whose name is escaping me at the moment. I apologize. Nichols, David Nichols. David Nichols, okay. And, um, and Driscoll kind of turned over the control of that uh, church planning network to um, Matt Chandler and a board uh, a couple of years back. This week, the board disassociated themselves from Mars Hill and uh, Mark Driscoll and publicly called, excuse me, publicly distanced themselves in a private letter that has been published called for Driscoll to step aside from ministry for a period of time to receive some help and counseling. So that's kind of where we are right now, guys. And, um, you know, with this, with this uh, um, um, controversy. So I, I think maybe to start, last week we said yay or nay on Driscoll. All of us were a yay. Um, and gave some thoughts, but maybe to start off today, what are some thoughts? Maybe if you want to take a, a moment to go a little bit deeper in terms of your your overall uh, thoughts toward Mark Driscoll and his ministry uh, at Mars Hill. Well, I, gosh, I, I will share. I will share something that uh, uh, Dan, a friend of ours, also from Australia on Facebook, wrote. He he said. I owe so much of my early growth to their ministry, Mars Hill, Mark Driscoll's ministry. So this situation is certainly painful to read. I pray that there be true repentance practice and that Christ might be glorified through it. We should take no pleasure in what is going on here. These are real people with real hurts caused by real sin. I'm not sure I could say it any better. Uh, I've listened, as I said last week, to uh, tons of messages by Driscoll, read some of his books. I'm not a groupie. I wouldn't say he's my favorite uh, teacher of the uh, of, of the word, or maybe not even my top three or four, uh, but I've liked the guy. I've learned a lot from the guy, um, and uh, I, I really have appreciated his gospel focus, his Christ focus, and, and it seems to me a lot of his critics... Uh, have gone out of bounds, but at the same time, it also seems that this situation is very serious. I have a lot of respect for Matt Chandler. I think we all do, mm-hmm. and and for this to happen, something significant has to be going on behind the scenes. And I think in a few minutes we're going to talk about how that sort of thing can be prevented. But that that's my initial take. What about you, Nick? Um, to it, it's hard, you know, it, the question last week, yay or nay, Driscoll, was easy. It, you know, in light of the conversation, it, it, it gets convoluted, um, comp- convoluted, maybe not complicated. Um, I am still, in a lot of ways, yay, Driscoll. Um, this hasn't necessarily changed that. Um, I'm also yay, Acts 29. Um, I'm, I'm a definite yay to Chandler and Timmis. I, you know, people oh, have yeah. to love Steve Timmis. Yeah, I think the T-shirt with Driscoll's head on it you're wearing today is probably a bit much, but uh, well, Chandler's on the back. Okay, I mean, well, and I've got cool. it in reverse. That's cool. Um, as long as it's, but I, I kind of I go. What I always liked about Driscoll was just this. Um, in in the time that I came into to listening to him and reading his books, there wasn't it wasn't the cussing pastor, but it was still a very hey. Like me or hate yeah, it's pretty me. Pretty intense. Like me or hate yeah. me. Here's here's what it is, and and I took a lot of encouragement from that because he just didn't he didn't try to pacify people, and he didn't try to 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 take thing he didn't try to take the easy way out of things. You know, I, I remember one of the sermons I heard him talk about. He was talking about um, the quote unquote age of accountability or not. He's like, it's not in the Bible, and I can't tell you that your dead children are going to heaven or not. 
Mm. He's like, I want to. I want to. The Bible doesn't say I can't do it. And I went, but all right, respect. Yeah. And, and I actually know, remember he ended that sermon talking about how, you know, he pointed to some of the passages that, that give us hope that absolutely. children would, would who have who've passed away would go to heaven. And he actually said where he, where he pointed the church. I remember that message. Yeah. It was really good. He said, I'm not going to point you to an age of accountability. I'm going to point you to God and say, you know, for me, Mark Driscoll, who has lost children mm-hmm. in miscarriages, I trust God Absolutely. with my passed away children. Absolutely. And I am asking you to not trust in an age of accountability that's not there. Yeah. Trust in God. Trust God with your children who passed yeah. away. And, and as, as somebody who has went through that with a miscarriage, mm-hmm. I actually found that to be incredibly biblical and incre- incredibly encouraging. Well, and that's and that's where, again, do I like his approach to everything? No, um, but what you know again the the time I came into to following him or you know listening and, and reading was post um, the situation mentioned with Piper, and what I did see was a guy who was a cocky jerk, <laughs> and who who yeah. eventually realized he was a cocky jerk, and he had submitted himself to correction, and and I and I guess my thing is as a person who has been in various stages of ministry for as long as I can really remember that I was able to be and how much of a goofball I have been and how many mistakes I meant because I made out because I was selfish and then how many mistakes I made with the best of intentions and and all I've seen in him is a man who tries to stand on the in in the situations that I have seen since I followed him he has tried to learn from the mistakes he's made and and submit himself to authority. Now, there may be situations I don't know of, and, and, oh, yeah. and so I'll, I will. I'll, and I I'm think not, that I think there's true. I think there's there's stuff we don't know. And I guess that's and, and that's one one thing I wanted to kind of point out. The the quote unquote letter that was sent to Driscoll and Mars Hill has never been um, taken credit. Acts twenty nine has never taken credit for that letter. They've taken credit for the the statement on their website. Oh yeah. Well, that's true. You're talking about the letter that um, hey, what's that guy's name? Chase that posted Warren the letter. Warren Warren Good Zoom type. Yeah, I, and I, he I is a he is a well known critic of Driscoll. Yeah. Like he's uh, and I don't know how he's got a copy of some of these things. And that's, oh, now, uh, my understanding of what Throckmorton says may certainly be true is the letter was sent to several Acts 29 pastors who passed it on to him, and he got a copy. Okay, yes. okay. Well, and and again, I, I'm not saying it's it's false or not, but. Acts 29 still hasn't claimed it, basically. And so, you know, I always well, get worried about stuff like that. I'm with you in that. Let me let me say, I when I first got introduced to Driscoll, which I don't even remember, you know, and, and I mean that in terms of his teaching. I don't remember what year it was. I'm going to say 2007, 2008, maybe. Uh, he struck me as um, intense. Yep. Um, he struck me as sometimes, I mean, like he would yell and scream in messages. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. You know, I mean, almost in a way that was almost a little turnoffish for me. Um, he struck me at times. He could be arrogant, um, uh, and so so there were things I looked at, and you could see uh, there's some flaws here, as mm-hmm. you could with anybody. But the things that I loved about him was he was what you're saying. He was number one. He was biblical. Like mm-hmm. he just as a teacher, 
even if you didn't agree with all of his interpretations and conclusions, mm-hmm. he was biblical. He's one of the first guys I really remember being introduced to who just preached through books of the Bible. Yep. They spent over a year going through Luke, and mm-hmm. I loved that series. It was just verse by verse through the Bible. I love that. He was very Christ-centered in his teaching. Mm-hmm. He was he, he, he looked to show you where Christ was in those passages, and I liked the fact that he was just straightforward. He did some of the or does some of the most excellent cultural critiques in talking about the culture of the day and philosophy of the day and how it interacts with the Bible. And I appreciated those things from Mm -hmm. him. I still appreciate those things from him. And those are the kind of things that kind of drew me into his ministry. And quite honestly, I got a lot out of it. Now, I'm a guy who, you know, our friend Sam says this quite a lot. What you need to do theologically is chew the meat and spit the bones out. So in other words, you're yep. you're not necessarily going to find a perfect person that has perfect theology, but there's sometimes meat to be chewed on, uh, chewed on and sometimes you just need to spit the bones to the side. And, and I think that kind of came along with Driscoll. But um, there are things that, that God helped in my life uh, mm-hmm. through listening to some of his teaching, and I'm grateful for those things. And that's why ultimately I would say, uh, yay to him. Now, is there are there things going on behind the scenes, Chase, that we didn't know about? Are there things that you know? Is he maybe he's teaching about Christ but not living that Christ-like character out? By his own admission, the answer to that is yes. The question is, as he has dealt with some of those things, as he has led at times in a wrong way, taught at times with a wrong tone or attitude, behind the scenes posted with language that was not appropriate, but now he's, you know, it's, okay, I've, I've tried to grow from that, but now that these things are coming out in more and more light, is it, you know, is it right to call for his resignation for these things that were years back that he says he's sorry for? Maybe he hasn't borne all the fruit of repentance that he needs to bear. Um, I think that's some of the questions that are out there right now. Those are deep questions, and, and just straight up, guys, we're not qualified in a sense, because we're not insiders to answer them. We are qualified. I think we're going to get to this point in just a minute. We are qualified, I think, uh, from a biblical basis to talk about what biblical leadership looks like, how to prevent these kind of catastrophes. And and I think ultimately that's where we're going to go. But honestly, guys, I'd love to know what's going on behind the scenes. I'd love to know what led this. For a guy like Matt Chandler to call for Driscoll to step down from ministry for an extended time. That's just gut-wrenching to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and knowing at least what little we do know about Matt, uh, which may be, a, I, mean, I guess it's a good bit publicly, knowing that, knowing Steve Timmis and the, the, the man of the word and integrity he is, man, that's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, because these are all guys that, I mean, these are guys in the same circles, so yeah, to speak. I mean, yeah. these are guys that we all find, I mean, that that, that have ran together. And, um, and you know, it's like, oh, what? I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really like Acts 29's statement. I'm just going to uh, tell you guys straight up. It, their statement that they let, that they gave out almost, I mean, the way it read, excuse me, not the statement, but I actually think it was the letter. So the, the letter that Nick's talking about that they've not taken ownership of, but yeah. supposedly came from them to Mars Hill. They it basically feels similar said, to the web, website statement. It, it, it does, does, but it goes in a little bit more detail. Yes, and does. basically they say in the letter is, hey, we've taken a lot of pot shots over the years because of you, Driscoll, and we've tried to warn you, and you're not listening, Not you know, you haven't taken the, the steps we want you to take, so we're going to disassociate from you. Well, it sounded pretty self-serving 
to me. But at the same time, I'm 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 a big Matt Chandler fan, big Steve Timmons fan. Um, and I go, ah, you know, these are all guys that I like, that yeah. all guys that, that, that I enjoy their teaching and respect them, and they're at odds here. And on top of that, what you have is you have people who have a theological axe to grind against Driscoll to begin with because they don't like what he teaches about husbands being the head of the family. They don't like what he, you know, some of his, you know, theology uh, even reform theology, and and they have a theological axe to grind anyway, and they are it's it this is blood in the water for a shark to them. I mean, they are they are ready to attack, yeah. and they've been waiting for this moment. Yeah. They've been waiting for a stumble that they could really that that's the feeling I get from you know the internet, some of the tweets and and posts that I'm seeing. Let me give you a specific example of that, and uh, it's Fred Clark. He's uh, the Slacktivist blog on Patheost. Patheos. Um, he he actually copied Did you say some slacktivist. Of, yeah, the slacktivist uh, blog. <laughs> I didn't see he, that yet. I'm sorry. He copied some of Driscoll's posts from 2001, um, and and I, I read some of them. And uh, well, it's hard to defend. It, it's pretty. I mean, it's not filled with uh, swearing and all that kind of stuff. But boy, it's. It's not good. I mean, look, it's just bottom line. It's not good. But then this is this is, and, and he lets you know it's it's from a while ago. But in all of his critique of Driscoll, he acts like he's dealing with the guy that just posted that last week. Right. And you know what? You could find stuff I posted or, or wrote about or thought fourteen years ago. I'm yeah. forty two. I'm a year younger than Driscoll, a couple of years older than Chandler. Uh, fourteen years ago, I, gosh, I'd hate to have to defend some yeah. of my thoughts. Back then, and, and th- so this is what uh, this guy says. He says everything Driscoll identifies as feminine, he characterizes as bad, weak, dirty, or evil. This is what he believes. This is the gospel that Mark Driscoll preaches. All that is feminine is bad, weak, dirty, and evil. All who are female are bad, weak, dirty, and evil. It is no wonder the guy is a seething ball of rage and misery. He's trying to live a lie, and reality is harsh to the feet of. Shadows. He's trying to be good, but in in his mind, goodness is all mixed up. Look, that was 14 years ago, and and it's wrong. He doesn't preach that. I'm going to put on my Driscoll hat in addition to my shirt. But if you know, we read the Real Marriage book, and he repented for it again in that book, unless there was in another book, and he he directly says that there was a cause for some of his. That type of language and that type yes, of attitude was coming from personal. Yeah, and yeah. he and that's the thing. He admits it, and and he he has worked through it. And, and according to his word in that book, he has submitted himself to at, at the time I would presume it included the Acts twenty nine board, but also the Mars Hill elders in maybe not discipline, but an accountability for that. Yeah, and some people have come out and said that he submitted for a while, but then changed it, and, and he's still not in submission. And it, it maybe so. And I don't know. I'll give you another example. Amanda Marcotte from Slate.com uh, in an article entitled Evangelicals Are Standing Up to Their Own Sexist Leaders. She says in this article, the latest incident drawing alarm is the revelation that Driscoll has been using a pseudonym to post on message boards. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, that's not the fact checking one hundred and one. Yeah, please. I mean, again, uh, we, we're this is a piling on by critics over things that happened, um, you know, a decade and a half ago that he has apologized for and uh, at least admitted that it was wrong for him to do. Mm-hmm. And and again, these are people who disagree with his theology. They they 
consider it sexist that he believes a husband is the head of the wife in a marriage, mm -hmm. uh, which is a biblical principle that I believe all three of us in, in this you know room uphold, that husbands are the head of the family spiritually. Mm -hmm. They are to lead with sacrificial love, not luring it over their wives. This is not an example of using that position in order to, you know, as I think Piper put it one time, if you're head of the household sitting in the recliner demanding a sandwich while you watch football from your wife, then you've completely missed the point. This is you love your wife with a love that you're willing to die for her. But husband's the head spiritually, the wife. And not just willing to die for her, but serving. Serving, you know, yes, yeah, sacrificially yeah. serving. And I, I think that's what Driscoll, in, at least in these years today, um, promotes. But but there are people who – they're calling that sexist, and, and, and this is – that theological axe to grind to me this 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 blood in you know in the water like to a shark yep. that that they're really uh, really piling on, um, and, and so uh, I, I do think there are some principles for us to learn here. Um, number one, um, us to learn about leadership, but also perhaps what we can learn about when we have a stumbling brother. I, I think there's a place for us to talk about uh, some of those things. Okay. Absolutely. Let me throw this out real quick because, uh, you know, I, I know we're going to hear from a lot of people on this segment, very controversial. Uh, I, I'm not down with what the critics who vehemently disagree with Driscoll's theology, as you pointed out, I'm not down with their critique of the man because I don't think it's – I think it's uh, – woefully biased, too, maybe too biased to get to the truth. Mm -hmm. But the article you sent us earlier this week, I, I believe it was by Ron Wheeler Jr., yeah. somebody who walked with Driscoll and was pointing out a lot of very, very serious uh, charges. Is that the right word? Uh, concerns? Um, some of those were heart-wrenching to read. If those things are true, and I'm not saying uh, Wheeler's lying. I'm saying you know there's always two perspectives on a story like this. But if those things are true, then you totally understand why Acts 29 did what they did. Mm -hmm. But again, the fact of the matter is we don't know, and we have to be careful about making value judgments over here in the Deep South not having been in that situation. But I think we do know some things that the Word says about accountability and such. And so, Well, and, and I do want to say, just, just off that, and I think we'll put some of these in the show notes. The, the Ron Wheeler Jr. article, I thought, I read the whole thing. I thought it was absolutely um, eye-opening. I think this was a guy that ran with Driscoll for years, and, and it seems like that the whole – point of him was that Driscoll had not done enough for reconciliation or true repentance. Um, I think that he um, I think that he talks about um, things that he believes Driscoll should do to try to reconcile and make some of these things right. Um, and he even ends it saying, I love you and your family and will be earnestly praying for you in all of this. Um, I have the same phone number and email. You know how to find me. And, and he, you know, I read that article and I didn't Look, while he pointed out flaws, I didn't get the impression that he was trying to uh, push Driscoll into the ground. I really got the impression that he had been hurt by Driscoll but had concern for him, and um, I, I actually respected that position and approach. Um, and there are some video – there, excuse me, some audio of Driscoll talking about – uh, people under the Mars Hill bus, people that the Mars Hill bus had ran over um, um, that he made right after some firing of some elders. Yeah. which And that's um, not how you ever talk. Which is not exactly how you ever talk. But also, just 
at the end of July, Driscoll released a 30-minute video to his church that is on their website um, talking. It was a Driscoll apology to um, for some of these incidents. I went and listened to the entire 30 minutes, and he deals with and says uh, – you know, we were not as compassionate and kind as we needed to be when we dealt with personnel issues. And uh, he said they were taking some steps to reach out to some of those people and bring reconciliation. Now, how, again, let it, let it you, know, you know, how serious he is about that. So there's just so many moving parts to this. God, it's so it's so complicated. I don't think anybody should walk away. If, if, if you're a Driscoll lover, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you're listening to this, and or if you're a Driscoll hater and you're listening to this, I don't think. We're coming down on Driscoll's never done anything wrong. I, I don't think we're coming down on he's a horrible person and we all need to shun him. I think it's he, you know, as pastors, I think it's just a, he's a brother in Christ who's hurting. He's made some mistakes. He's meant something to some of us in, in, in terms of teaching. We think there are some people who are being overcritical. We also think there may be some things that that he needs to go and do and, and make up, you know, make. Uh, up for some of these mistakes and, and bear fruit of repentance. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing is what can we learn from it principle-wise? I don't know if that's the most important thing, but I think for us on the outside looking in, yeah. rather than throwing stones and rather than trying to figure all this out, probably the bigger issue, the bigger thing for us to walk away with is what can we what can we learn from a situation like this? That's, that, that, that's well-framed. I will say this. A, a verse uh, that kind of comes to mind in this situation is, is Galatians 6, 1 to 2. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest, you're, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And, and it's our hope and prayer that whatever is going on with Acts 29 and Driscoll and Mars Hill and all of that, that this is done with a spirit of gentleness, that everybody involved keeps watch on themselves lest they be tempted, and that we're all and they all are bearing each other's burdens and fulfilling the law of Christ. Uh, well, let me ask a question then, having said that. How... If let's say this, let's say if some of this stuff is true about Driscoll, whether it is or isn't, we don't know. We do know certainly that there are many senior pastors that have had similar falls, similar issues, affairs, etc. How biblically does the Bible tell us that this sort of thing can be prevented? Is that a fair question? Uh, prevented? Yeah, I think it's or handled. Well, I think I think part of the prevention, and probably it speaks to both, but I think part of the prevention, if some some of the issues, if some of the issues that people are bringing up are true, then part of the problem became Driscoll, uh, perhaps trying to consolidate power to some degree, yeah. not submitting to the elders uh, of the church that were in place, and moving toward more of that what we refer to as a king pastor right. model. The prevention, then, um, is the more biblical picture of a church and church leadership in the New Testament, which is led by a multiplicity of leaders, pastors, elders, which we consider, I think, around this table to be the same role, elders or pastors. Yes. And you, you don't find a church in the New Testament where it talks about elders um, where that's singular. singular. It's, it's plural. Exactly. Um, a multiplicity of equal leadership appears to be the New Testament model 
in yeah. a church. You can make a case for a senior pastor, and and some people do. But I'll say this, and hey, we're in a we're in a Baptist church, right? We're in the Southern Baptist Hall of Dogma is a card carrying Southern Baptist church, but certainly not like most you would see. You can make a case biblically for a senior pastor, but I'll just be honest with you: you prove me wrong scripturally. Um, you can make a much better case for a multiplicity of pastors slash elders uh, that are working together as a team. You can make a better biblical case for that than you can for the single pastor, senior pastor's model. Yeah, look, I <laughs> trying to step lightly because I, when I first started coming here, you guys, God bless y'all, um, I was fiery anti that one man show kind of deal but you know when you've got a guy that comes on so quick as as driscoll it you you end up he ends up with a lot of people on that inner circle that can be attracted to that charisma and they can be worthwhile leaders too and i think that's part of what you see people push against here and and i guess that's what i knowing the people part of acts 29 that's the question for me here is is if you say, how do we prevent it? Well, the the question for for me of how we prevent it, it's it's easy. Um, You know, we are blessed to have, you know, elders in our congregation that I I trust immensely. And if I see one of y'all go off, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puff land, I grab the other three and go, hey, what's what's up with this? And nine times out of 10, y'all already know and have talked about it. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that's, that's just something we're lucky with. But, you know, when you've got a, you know, You've got a personality like Driscoll in, in a place that's just unchurched, and and there's such a move of God. It's hard to not go. God's got to be on part, you know. Got to be part of that, and it, you know it, it comes a little bit of, you know, I do have a charismatic upbringing, but that's what to me is difficult when you get into these big spectrums of how you you do that, and that's where to me Acts twenty nine was such a benefit because it was, yeah. it, you know, yes. Inside Mars Hill, he had maybe all the power in the world, but theoretically inside of Acts 29, and and I guess whenever, because it was three or four years ago, it may not have been that long, I, I don't remember ex- exactly, I apologize, but um, presidency of Acts 29 transferred to, to Matt Chandler, and I, and I really saw that in light of some of these, because at that time there had been some more bubbling up of some elders that were maybe more forcibly removed from Mars Hill, and and that kind of transition of quote unquote power um, responsibility um, of Acts twenty nine to, to Chandler looked to me in part of of a guy who maybe ha- he had been a king pastor and he really was saying no it's it's not about me or my my way or the highway and so um, you know it's what you're talking about that plurality of leadership accountability um, the the thing that makes that does make me nervous is those those guys who get that big so quick. Um, in them having more fans than than real, yeah, brothers maybe around them. But again, I'd I'd hope that that was something that was in play in that church planning network. And and I guess to me, for the quote unquote average listener, I th- I think I would probably encourage folks to to double down on the relationships they have with with church leaders if they have that type of relationship. The other is is to pray for your you know I, I don't know pray for your leaders pray for their accountability that. Um, the spirit would make things. Yeah, I, I think the two things. Look, here, here are the two things that's dangerous for the three of us sitting around this room as pastors, 
people listening who are maybe going to seminary, pastors at, at, at churches now, one is power. Power is dangerous. It, it, is, it is dangerous. I think, the, the, I think the wisdom in the New Testament of a plurality of leaders, it is easier to have one guy that makes all the decisions. That is the easier model, but I don't think More it's More efficient the, in a lot of cases. A lot of times it is. That things get done quicker. But I don't think it's the best model. I'm not saying that it's a... Hey, look, I'm not saying you go to church now that, that doesn't have that kind of model. I'm not saying it is a... Uh, I don't even know what language I would use. I'm not saying it's a grievous sin against God. I'm saying it's not the best model. It's just not the best model. And and for I'm talking primarily to those guys who are either leading churches right now listening to this or maybe one day would because power corrupts. It just it does. And you know, we all have this tendency to think we're always right about everything and 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 it's uh I think the wisdom and plurality of leaders is um, uh, avoiding the the power grabbing, um, you know, the hunger for being able to grab power that comes. The second thing is that fame is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking about this to you guys before the show, but um, I don't I don't think Driscoll set out to be famous, um, but. I think it's a blessing if God gives you an audience. We're doing a podcast right now where we pray all the time. God would grant us an audience. But what we need to be praying and what we do pray together and what we must keep praying is that as God grants us an audience, it would be all about Christ. And at the same time, we have to remember that the the biblical principle is the more you're, the more that you are given, the more that is expected of you. And so we can... You know, you can you pastor a small church, you can kind of grow as a pastor and you can make mistakes and then mm-hmm. grow. But when you're on that big stage and you make mistakes <laughs> and grow as a pastor, um, because you're on the big stage, those mistakes can come back to haunt you pretty quick. So yeah. yeah, I'm not don't don't chase after fame, but as it's coming, be very careful that uh what you um be very careful in understanding the more that you're given, the more is going to be required from you. Absolutely. And, hey, just to say, we're, we're very aware that uh, Mars Hill and Driscoll operated under a multiplicity of elders' environment. Right. But the fact of the matter is, if the, some of these allegations that seem to come from the more reputable people in the Christian community are accurate, it was uh, a team eldership in name only. It was dominated by one man. That's where the danger comes in because there's this incredible warning here in Hebrews three twelve through 13. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. We can have that. We, As believers, we can have a heart that's evil and unbelieving or goes through evil and unbelieving stages mm-hmm. that will pull us away from God. Well, what's the gospel solution to that? What's the biblical solution to that? And here it is in the second part of the verse. But exhort one another Every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. As church leaders, as Christians in general, we cannot be walled off from each other. We have got to have our walls down. We've got to have people, even if we're the leader of a church or or, or multiple churches, we have to have people in our lives that can head on, look us in the eyes, and exhort us 
yes. with the authority and the power uh, uh, to do something about it, or otherwise we're going to become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. That's why if you're a senior pastor in a church that believes in that, fine, but don't be a one-man show. People in your church and outside of the church must be able to speak into your life. If you wall yourselves off from people, yes, it will avoid some heartache in the short term, maybe, but in the long term, awful things will be reaped by that decision. We must exhort each other daily or we will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Amen to that. And the the final, the other principle I want to point out really quickly is I believe that um, that the Christ's concern for unity in his church, even the, the night before he died, John 17, as he's praying and he is asking the Father, I pray for them that they may all be one just as you, Father, in me and I in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So not only is he praying for unity among all of his people, but he is actually saying that that unity is tied to the message of salvation and whether or not the world will believe it. Um, There is no place in the body of Christ for unloving critics, even if it's towards someone else in the body of Christ who you feel doesn't best represent the the Christian faith, um, you know, and I see this all the time. And look, I see it from reform circles. I'm just going to be honest. And I, again, I, I consider myself a reformed guy. That's the bucket I put myself in. And, and, and I understand, you know, that that's, that's the guys that I relate to, but you know, I see it in my own life. I see it in friends of mine who are reformed. We can be an arrogant bunch of guys, and we can think can, that can be. Yeah, we can, <laughs> and we can think that anyone who doesn't share our exact theology um, that that they're separated from us, and that we don't have anything for them. And so, you see critics of you, you see critics toward all all types of people. You know, whether it's of the faith, other Christians, and one thing we have to be very careful of is just piling on here and being critical and almost celebrating the downfall of a brother. Yes. There's no place to do that. There's no place to celebrate the downfall of a brother or sister in Christ. And you say that on the authority of Scripture, yeah, not, not on my your own. own not my own. Because Galatians again says, unity. restore in a spirit of gentleness. Jude even tells us, you know, when we're going after people that are wandering, uh, do it with mercy. Sometimes mercy mixed with fear, but I don't always see this from uh, from ourselves in no. the body of Christ. I saw a guy the other day who said, oh, yeah, 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 we're supposed to restore them gently, but we got to get them to that point first. And I'm like, okay, so you actually think the principle of the Bible is let's be jerks to someone till we get them to the point that they w- want to be restored, <laughs> and then let's turn gentle on them. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. So. Anyway, well, hey, we want your feedback. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. absolutely. Where do we mess up? Where, where, where do we, we don't not think say we're all we right on this? Said? Yeah, we want to hear from you. Give us a well, call. Clearly, you do because you're a Calvinist. And <laughs> you're still in that cage stage, I think. Okay, so I, I think I'm right on. on I don't really. We want to hear from you. We especially want to hear from you if you're in Paducah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> give us a call two zero five five seven five ninety seven thirty five, or hit us up on our Twitter, my gospel friends at my gospel friends, or even in the Hall of Dogma. On Facebook, um, internationally, you got Speakpipe. Don't forget how did how do they get friends. to the Speakpipe? We begin speakpipe.com slash the Gospel Friends. Okay, Speakpipe, and we'll have it in our show notes as well. The so the link will be there okay. as well. Right. We love hearing from our international callers because those guys are awesome. So Their I think accents are better than and, and <laughs> they are ladies too. I think this is what we're going to do. One one thing about this show, 
By the yeah. way, I said guys are awesome, and I wanted to say ladies too. I just wasn't just throwing out. Well, I thought you said our international callers are great and ladies. Yes, yeah, so like, I, I just wanted to clarify. I'm a married man. I love guys my wife. So, and uh, ladies, maybe I'll have to edit that part out. Maybe one that's a good you idea. You won't. One of the things. One of the things that it's we knew from the beginning of the show. And then don't do it. it it is. It's funnier if you let it go. I know. I should have. Let it go. But it's it's kind of provocative when you let say you're going to do it and then you don't. <laughs> uh, one of the things that people have commented on the show, and actually some people have commented and said, I'll, you know, is it really a good thing to go from really serious to kind of silly? And, um, you know, when we do that, when we go from really <laughs> serious to silly and back to really serious – we don't do that because we're being offensive. In all honesty, that's just who we are. I mean, we are guys who go from zero to serious in a couple of seconds and then from yeah. from that 90-mile-an-hour back to silly again in another couple of yeah. seconds. And um, and so, you know, that's that's one of the things that, that – that's just almost like kind of like who we are. Yeah. And so that's what we wanted to convey as we did the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, we just we're trying to be ourselves. We're yeah, not this trying a lot to. Of, this isn't a lot of pretense. This is what we would no, do if we were is, at Waffle House hanging out right yeah, now. We yeah. just have microphones in front of us. Yeah. So you know, we're you know that that's that's kind of where we are. So we came in today knowing we're going to do the Driscoll thing. We we also came in uh, wanting to uh, to do our normal game and uh, and talk about. Um, uh, one of the things we want to talk about tonight was cults. I'm n- not sure if we're going to get to it tonight. We may have to move that to next week. We'll see how we are. Time-wise, we're yeah, kind of running close. Yeah, we are time-wise. We may move move the cult discussion to next week. Um, but anyway, so we, we do a game. Uh, we thought we'd do a game uh, at this point. But uh, you know, Speaking it, of serious topics and, and moving between fun and serious, we actually have uh, one of the next – Two, three, we're not sure yet, episodes. We're going to be talking about a a very serious subject. Absolutely. Sexual abuse in the church. Now, we're going to talk, we're going to be lighthearted, not in that segment, but that show is not going to be all about sexual abuse. There's going to be some lighthearted parts to it because that's what David, as David said, that's who we are. We, We are people that can slide back and forth between. Lighthearted and and deep things, and I hope that's not offensive to people. Uh, just you know, to let you know, we we play hard and and we take these other things seriously. So, yep. uh, just to let you know, a couple of weeks, three weeks, something like that. Next few episodes, you guys want to say anything about that? Uh, I just I solicit any feedback or whatever. You know, this is the first time in in the show that we've really started talking two or three weeks out about something, mm-hmm. and we've actually been talking about this topic going back even six weeks before this. Yep. I mean, I think in the first few episodes, um, sexual abuse in the church um, uh, is something that is um, that we know is out there in various churches, and I think we'll find out as we talk about it on the show that it's something that hits close to home. Um, I think we, we have stories to share. We're even going to you know try to offer people an opportunity to either – um, you know, contact us if, if, if you know, if there's a need for uh, to, to kind of talk through an issue that has happened in your own life, or maybe even if you want to uh, share a story. So, so we're, this is, this is, you know, we're giving this subject the, um, the right solemnness, I think that it's due because it is a, it is a solemn topic, but a serious one. And I think there are principles that we all need to think about as church leaders and, and parents and, uh, and so, you know, we're going we're gonna to spend some time, we're going to spend some time dealing with it and trying to bring it out in the open. 
Absolutely. All right. All that said, we're going to transition into a game, maybe have a little fun towards the end of the show. Gentlemen, the name of the game is This or That, and you are going to be competing against each other. It's uh, kind of a riff on Shakespeare or Batman, which is a fairly (laughs) uh, popular game that we did. And uh, indeed, there are some Shakespeare or Batman questions in here, but there are more than, than simply that. So... Uh, I'm going to start out with Nick. Um, oh boy. You get the leadoff question. I'm going to give you a quote, and I'm going to tell you it was said by either one person or another, or had one origin or another. So you got a 50-50 chance of getting it right, and here is your quote. Now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their neighbor. Was that a famous deputy sheriff or John F. Kennedy? Kennedy. That is a good guess. But in fact, that was Bernard P. Fife in the really? episode where Andy Griffith uh, got serious? caught in a mine. He just Fife juked you just then. There you go. I, a Barney I juke. It sounds very similar to a presidential quote, but it came What's from the, the Andy Griffith of? show. You're thinking of the quote, now's the time for all good men to come to the aid of their. Uh, uh, of uh, of the citizens of their country, something like that. But even that is from a, a typewriter um, exercise. It just became rather famous. Oh, really? So Kennedy didn't say it? No, okay, he did this. not. There is some uh, there is some misdirection. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> there is some misdirection in this game, as Nicholas has found out. David, to you, this is a Batman or Shakespeare I'm question. Angry. <laughs> hell, hell is empty, and all the devils are here. Is that Wait. Batman or hell is, is that empty. hell is empty and all the devils are here? Okay. Batman or Shakespeare? Uh, hell is empty and all the devils are here. I'm going to go with Shakespeare. Shakespeare is correct. That is from The Tempest. Boom. That is one point to David. Uh, the score is one to nothing. Um, here's the next one for you, Nick. This is a right. sports or political quote. You choose. Wait. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Was that the great one, Wayne Gretzky or Ronald Reagan, both icons of the 1980s? Oh, wow. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So Okay, so here's the thing, because he juked me on the last one. Yeah. And so I'm expecting the Duke. It, this this becomes the nah. Princess Bride, and he's, it's the, he's it's in the your Cubs. head. He's in he your is, head now. He is. Uh-huh. Um, I know what I would say. Gretzky or Reagan. My, my answer is locked in in my head. Lock your answers in. I, I'm I'm playing your. I'm gonna I'm following for your mind game, but I'm gonna go with Reagan. That's what I would Reagan say. Reagan is incorrect. See, he just Wayne wrong. Gretzky, and I knew he juked me, and I couldn't. It's help fine. It. I'm up one nothing. I don't care. Elementary, my dear Watson. Elementary is the quote for you, Mr. McConnell. Is that Sherlock you in Holmes the head. or adventurer Rupert Smith? And by the way, Rupert Smith spelled with a silent P at the beginning of the name. Rupert P. Smith, but it's pronounced Rupert Smith. Okay, now again, he now he really is because it. What did you say it? Elementary, my dear Watson, elementary. Is that Sherlock Holmes or adventurer Rupert Smith? See, I think he's really trying to juke. Um, I mean, obviously, everyone knows that Sherlock Holmes says elementary, dear Watson. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to go with Rupert because I think you're you're doing the juke thing again. You have picked up well on the game. That is correct. In fact, 
In none no. of the Arthur Conan Doyle books did Sherlock Holmes serious? ever say elementary, my dear Watson. That was Are said by Rupert Smith with a silent P at the beginning of his name. Wow. I just learned something. Yes. Snopes.com, Sherlock Holmes, Elementary, My Dear Watson. I'm going to go read that. Okay. Nicholas, over to you. I'm dumbfounded. You get another Batman or Shakespeare. Sorry. The night is darkest just before the dawn, and I promise you the dawn is coming. Is that Batman or Shakespeare? He's actually right about the Sherlock Holmes thing, though. Are you it serious? Is. Yeah. I'm going to go with Batman. You are correct. Batman it is. It's two to one. You're on the board. We'll do a couple more of these. Oh, I've um, got your board right here. David, to you, Insanity hey, I want is... things to get stale, Dave. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Was that Rita Mae Brown or Albert Einstein? Well, again, that quote is always attributed to Einstein. Um, on the internet, which on is the, the internet. place where everything is true. All right, so who's the other one? Uh, Rita Mae Brown, the author, born in 1944, or was that Albert Einstein? All right, I think you. I think by now you figured we'd have picked up on the game, <laughs> and so it's like a double juke, so I'm going to go with Einstein. That is a good guess. In fact, well, there's no evidence Einstein ever said that. It is attributed to Rita Mae Brown in one of her mystery novels. How about that? Are you serious? I am serious. If my sources are correct, and I believe they are, that gets us over to you, Nicholas. Um, With a chance to tie. This is going to be a scrip or scrap from our friends Kevin and Samuel. The eye is the window. Because it's about the Bible? (laughs) The eye. Well, hey, how, did are, get past our, how did he get past the application process for this show? Well, he said he wanted to be famous, and we said, well, that's what we're after, so let's do it. We got to go do the Driscoll segment all over again. Oh, my bad. I, I misunderstood something. The eye is the window to the soul. Is that scripture or not? Not. That is correct. And, boys, we have us a ball game. It is now two, two, two to two. Thunderdome, son. Two to two. Let's do this. But there's a second left on the clock. Sorry. You're keep making Look that at the universe we live in. History is largely a record of crime, war, disease, and terror. The universe is running <laughs> down. All stories will come to nothing. All life will turn out in the end to have been a transitory and senseless contortion <laughs> upon the idiotic face of infinite matter. What if you ask me to believe that this is the work of a benevolent and omnipotent spirit, I reply that all evidence points in the opposite direction is that atheist christopher hitchens or well-known christian apologist clive staples lewis lewis you're right (laughs) it's c.s lewis and that gives you three points and the win well done david nick you did battle back from quite a deficit i am impressed Lewis, well, that was Lewis. He was talking about the problem of suffering, but he was talking about himself in the past. Nah, well, hard fault. As my Batman no, my would nose say, is kind of bloodied. Gentlemen, you've eaten well, but your feast is nearly over. I'm bloodied, but I won. <laughs> For now. Good job. So anyway, uh, that was fun. And 
you know, I'm completely at a loss now because normally we would use this to determine who goes next. And <laughs> and so... Uh, Will you take us into the uh, listener feedback? Section? Yeah, let's Thank do some you. listener feedback. Well, and hit, then, um, hit the cult. Um, yeah, we were going to talk real briefly about the cult uh, thing and maybe plug it for next week. Which yeah, we, let's, let's, second let's week in a row. We've plugged it for next week. <laughs> but that's okay. Is it really? We write the yeah, rules on this show. Yeah, we did talk about it last week. Well, okay, I would like to point out that it was first in the document. But then at the last second, we decided to talk about the Driscoll thing. Again, lead off. we write and, the um, rules. <laughs> and so, um, all right. So I, I would say let's um, let's ensure that we do it for uh, episode Ed Carton. As long as, like, Acts 29 doesn't fire Matt Chandler by next week, I don't know that there's going to be anything. <laughs> you heard it here folks, right. first, folks. Right. Great. Acts 29 oh, has the source of the Matt greatest Chandler internet go. rumor. All right, Please so tweet and retweet. Our friend in uh, Australia, the uh, caretaker man, has um, has has wrote in talking about um, doing some uh, evangelism of the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, down under, and uh, actually left us a voicemail about that. Yeah. So we're gonna play the voicemail, and then we're just gonna get into a little bit of, of talking about cults and. Some of you may say, well, wait a minute, Je- we're talking about Jehovah's Witness and cult, because I think a lot of times when we think about cult, we think about um, brainwashing, Brainwashing. we think about uh, maybe satanic worship. We th- if you're here in the United States, uh, you know, for me, uh, growing up when I did, you know, it's hard to hear the word cult without thinking about David Koresh and the Branch yep. Davidians yep. in Waco, Texas. And then the uh, the other one, the really strange. Do you guys remember the uh, group? Pastor David McConnell. Yeah, I remember. No, no, that no, 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 no. The 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 guys that wore the tennis shoes and all killed themselves because they were going to. No, that was so They were going to um, catch the uh, the Marshall Applewhite, um, the Applewhites yeah. guys. They were going to catch. There was a there was Hellbop. A, Hellbop, Hellbop comet. comet there yeah. was a spaceship behind <laughs> the comet, and if they killed themselves with these tennis shoes on, then they would re- meet up with the spaceship that would take them to heaven. Mm. So I think a lot of times when we think about cults, we think about those groups, but I think the um, uh, better Christian definition of a cult um, is actually probably more along the lines of a, of a, of a false teaching group or a, a group that is um, uh, teaching a path to salvation or fulfillment that is uh, away from what the, the you know the Bible teaches right. and so mm-hmm. um, uh, deity excuse me uh, groups that deny the deity of Jesus and um, his authority and and salvation through uh, faith and so uh, when you when you use that definition you're going to get into groups like the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons uh, and some people will probably bristle at calling them a cults but calling them uh, a cult but based on that definition that is what they are they're false religions and, and false teaching groups and so we want to want to deal with that and we were even we even has as, as part of the show notes we're going to talk about how would you know? Like, what are some of the principles mm-hmm. of Scripture that would that if those principles are not being lived out, you could recognize I'm in a false religious group? One of them would be the Bible points us toward toward loyalty to Jesus, mm-hmm. and it teaches us as leaders to be very careful. We don't lord it over people. We lead them and we point toward Christ in a loving, sacrificial way. So if you are in a group where the leader is putting all the onus on himself and all the attention on himself, and he is using authority and saying, you must obey me, that is is a really good sign that you're in a group that is a, it's a, fa- a false religion. Run. Run away. So we're going to talk about that next week, and we're also going to uh, talk about how would you speak to people um, who are 
in a in a cult in a false mm-hmm. religious group. So that that's part of the topic that we had ready for the night that we will push to next week. Yeah, and also in real life, you know, pray for the the guys that uh, that. Our, our friend from down under is actually witnessing to pray for a gospel conversion there. The Jehovah's Witnesses essentially believe in a in a uh, salvation by works, uh, and, and they have some really skewed beliefs on who Jesus is. So pray for their eyes to be opened and, and for them to believe the real biblical true gospel. Absolutely. Um, so we'll look forward to that next week. We do have some listener feedback, guys. Um, throw out, uh, speaking of Caretaker Man, uh, last week we talked a little uh, challenge to him. We wanted him to help us get, uh, get well-known there in Australia so we could take an Australian tour. Because I think one of you mentioned that you didn't want to do a domestic tour. I don't understand why. I'll do either one. Uh, but anyway, um, he uh, came back and he said, as for trying to get you guys all Osteen-like famous <laughs> here in Australia, and he had a little uh, picture out there said, challenge accepted. Yes. Apparently, Osteen's uh, famous in Australia. He is indeed. Okay, I didn't know that. And we want to be famous to that level, right? Because that's safe for our souls. Again, we need to go back to the Driscoll segment all over. At- I will say I had to promise uh, – uh, Dan, that um, we would make him the king of the United States if he came through on that deal. Um, That's going to be a little complicated to fulfill. So I now, studied. The obviously, and we should probably such. talk about this uh, off the record where Dan can't hear because I would not it's want true. him to um, to to not try to get us Osteen like famous. Point. Operation Dan becoming king is on track. But um, didn't didn't the last time the United States have a king? Um, we did some kind of revolutionary war thing to get out from under it. Aren't you the one that just said we should talk about this off off the air? Because I think That's you might point. be temping your hand good just point. a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Hey, look. Get us Osteen like famous. Hey, people don't know history anyway, so nah. especially not American history. We're probably nah. fine. So right? we can probably Over just here. repeat it. It'll be good. Chris Suskin joined us this week as a new listener at C. Suskin. Chris, uh, as a new listener last week, said he was really enjoying the gospel, friends, until he heard us cuss. In parentheses, he what? put Roll Tide. Oh, see. Hmm. And then he, he finished Gracious. up with a War Eagle. So you, you two homers almost ran off a, a brand new listener. Uh, with your misspeaks, and I would never make that mistake. <laughs> yes, clearly you have addiction down to a fine science. I did tell Chris this week that we have two Alabama guys on the panel, one Auburn guy, and so he has a shout-out coming. Here it is, War Eagle Chris. So I told him I'd give him a War Eagle shout-out this week. So it, so I left off the uh, middle Annunciation we sometimes do. Look, I know you like to talk about this year's Iron Bowl. I, I, what I'd really like to know are your thoughts on what you've seen of the uh, the 2010 Iron Bowl. Do you really like the 2010? Yeah. I mean, that was I, a I great comeback. The, the, by cam, the comeback? Yeah. I mean, you I, probably... I've watched it on YouTube. Oh, okay. I, Wait, but I mean, that day, I mean, surely you were... No, I was not watching. That's yeah. another right, story for another that day. That is another story for another day. Nicholas, I will say one have... thing that's going to... Oh, go ahead. That's all right. Go ahead. I'll, I'll listen to you. Well, I was going to say oh, that, that um, college football, as it's getting ready to start, mm-hmm. is going probably become uh, a little bit more a part you know, of our discussion. Could be. Safe bet. Could be. Now, Safe I will bet. say that if you're an international listener, you probably, won't gather, you probably won't gather the importance of college football in this state. We're also going to have to remember we've got some Michigan listeners and some Ohio listeners, Ooh, some Texas listeners, and some California okay. listeners. Well, I mean, so, all across the United States. God bless y'all. Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, 
Anyway, so we'll. I'm sure that will come out uh, yeah. more as we progress. We were but, at the game last night, and in the the baseball game, the, the friend my sister in law had come with her. He's a South Carolina guy, and he was saying, "I'm really excited about being here this year when college football kicks off." I've heard the rivalry in this state's crazy. I'm like, glad to be here, or not the words you're going to use for that. No. A sight to behold. But glad to have been here are not going to be the worst. We might even get into some discussions based on some of our listeners about uh, the biggest rivalries because, you know, Michigan guys and the, what, Michigan-Ohio State? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to hear some. Yeah, along those lines, look, if you are an international listener or outside of our state, in Alabama, which is where we're from, uh, 90, what, 98% of the people either follow Alabama or Auburn, and and there's kind of no in-betweens there. They're very passionate. Two college football teams. That's Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it can be awkward inside the church because there's some tension there. But, hey, we're all tight. We're obviously, you know, the different teams. But uh, the gospel overcomes and conquers that. Amen. I will say, when I stepped into the Hall of Dogma sanctuary t- today, where we have uh, a worship place in the front and then tables in the back, I was a little taken aback, Nick, by the fact that somebody had decorated our tables with orange and blue tablecloths. I did not did pay attention. Did you not notice that? I didn't pay attention. I heard Gracious. people talking about breakfast was a little sweeter this morning. Uh, yeah, well, we know who we know who's responsible for that. We will um, have to uh, reprimand them accordingly. Yes, a, uh, she's a female, so I have to be careful. So, um, but look, if you're an international listener, just imagine the World Cup like every day. That fervor. That's actually a very good every day for four months or yes. so. So, uh, Chris, and we also like um, soccer. Or what you call football. Well, two thirds of the gospel. Hey, we really we talked too. about that. We got it. No, we got. I got into the World Cup. Uh, we yeah, all did. Right, but we like soccer. You watch the World Cup. I enjoy that soccer. I watched. I don't enjoy the uh, kids soccer as much. But Chris, <laughs> hey, actually, thank you for good. your uh, your tweet in War Eagle to you. We're all in Quit together. Well, yeah. Todd, you keep talking also. about that cussing stuff. And hey, Eric Lopez and Tom Sykes, that's two new listeners from California who so, tweeted yeah. us at the uh, My Gospel Friends uh, Twitter. Uh, thanks for the shout out, guys. I hope you enjoy the show still. Yeah, and uh, well, it, um, as long as you don't mispronounce their names, we'll be good. <laughs> at I Am Super Dad um, uh, gave us some feedback based on the podcast last week. We talked about the uh, yay or nay on the. Uh, church is having two services. Oh, yeah. And he actually said, uh, maybe our church is different, but amazing things are happening with our two different services. Both our contemporary and traditional services are filled with multi-generational families, which I think is awesome. Uh, that may, we may be an outlier, mm-hmm. though. I believe the secret is in our Bible study times. We have studies for all ages during both service times. So, uh, I, you know, Praise it, God to that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think you know, kind of going back to that discussion last week, um, I, I think it can work in again, my biggest concern with it was not, you know, was was it not crossing those generational lines. So I, I think obviously at I am Super Dad, their church, um, based on the church size he told me about, they need uh several services probably and I don't I don't really have an issue if you have to run multiple services anyway with them having a little bit of different flavor. This is more speaking of kind of the Catering versus yeah, me. kind of the let's just do this and this will be a good outreach tool. Again, for me, the concern there is just not being able to cross those generational lines. But certainly was not saying that it could not work at all. Again, my preference would be a blended worship service that is focused. Um, you know, blended worship service. Let's focus it on Christ and let's not uh, uh, let's not get too much into the um, 
uh, you know, the the preferences there. But uh, you know, it, it look, it's kind of. I have preferences. You guys have preferences. It's it's really hard to not you know to remove those completely from the equation. So something that may be fun to dig in with the listeners at some point um, is is a little bit of style because you know you have kind of liturgical versus you know I don't know that may be fun to dig into later. yeah we can get into that one day absolutely well guys we just got like three or four minutes left uh, do we have time to update our fail of the week story from uh, two yeah. three episodes ago so oh, I just boy, gotta say we. this is an amazing update uh, so and if uh, you haven't listened to the end of uh what episode was that stall wars stall wars, is that number yeah. nine yeah. if you haven't listened to the end inspired. of episode number nine you've got to go back and listen to david's story there because on it i'm not i'm not kidding it's one of the funniest stories i've ever heard and this update to it you want to hear the first story first this update to it is just remarkable so I'm I'm gonna take this one. I gotta I gotta do this because um, I was uh, got a buddy of mine who works on on my team at work and um, been on that team for three months or so and um, been blessed by that and we're we have a team lunch and um, I rode I was riding uh, to lunch with this this friend of mine and um, he knows about the podcast we we talk about theology and, and doctrine a lot and um, uh, he's actually Lord willing gonna do some artwork for us and. I was like, hey, man, you got to check out this featured image I did for this most recent show. We're, we're Star Wars nerds, and he has a Yoda plush toy, and I have Lego Star Wars figures in my cube at work. And so um, I, I figured I'd get some love on the, the Star Wars graphic, and um, I went, so you, i got to tell you this story. And told told the story that David said. He's like, um, wh- where – where in the building was that? I uh, went. This is a building of what a thousand people? Oh, more, oh, than, no, that. more than that. Four okay. floors, than that. packed full. Yeah. And I and I went. Well, I, I don't know. He's like, um, find find out for me where that was. I'm like, no, you did <laughs> not. And so I'm texting David, and it's one of the t- few times David doesn't have his phone nearby. And I and finally we get back. We go to lunch, get back, and I go to David's cube. And I'm like, dude, where was it? He's like, it was down. Yeah, I told him where such, it was. Such such in our building, I went. You will never believe what happened. And lo and behold, it is my coworker who sits a cube. From so me. you have to you have to understand the 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 not only out of the the thousands of people in the building, this is the one guy in the building. Okay, well, there's probably two guys in the building who listen to the show. <laughs> he's one of those two guys, and not only that, but he's the guy who we had quote unquote commissioned to make. The artwork for uh, the show later on down the road. So, trying to get some uh, some new artwork for the show, we we had asked if he would be willing to do this for us, and that's the guy who and, and, who sent his child into well, the. So here's here's where I will come to his his aid a little bit because um, <laughs> it got pretty fun um, talking to him about it. We actually had a pretty interesting discussion, but you know, in fairness, if you think about it, you've got a father of a. Approximately seven year old daughter. Oh, which I guessed. Yeah, and um, good, good guess. So here's the question. I, I think you know your 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 daughter's at your office and has to conduct the business that was to be conducted. Um, and his thought was, you know, he does not know what type of threats would even be in the women's restroom. Uh, to be clear, hopefully none of us know the type of threats <laughs> that are in the women's restroom, but I imagine they are very threatening indeed. I, 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 anyway, 
just just carry on. I've heard the women's restroom at Walmart has some pretty serious threats, but okay, I don't want to know. I've got some inside We're going back information to where there. We work. And so, but he <laughs> That's basically <in> my wife. <laughs> he basically said if it's between um, her going to the restroom and me having to stand in, in the the basically lobby of our restroom and wait, or sending him into a room where he cannot go and or her. Wait, yeah, sorry. Work with me. And sending her into a room where he he can't go and, and be assured of her protection. Da, da, da. I'm like, okay, so that's the key factor. You were there. He's like, oh yeah. You just you know. Oh, so he was still in there. Raver, yeah. Well, like I would know. <laughs> and that's what I he told wasn't him. around. That's all. That's all I know. And, that, and that's what was funny about this. Where he's like, if I had known that was happening, I would have so planned. So Look, it was it was all pretty. All right, good here's fun. the thing. I don't want to I don't want to chew back over it and 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 uh, second guess him. It was fun, pretty funny. I sent him a message because I've uh, I've uh, met him a few times. Really liked the guy, um, and he's a believer. And um, and so and he, he gives good feedback on the show. But I sent him a message. I said, okay, how, how good of a sport are you? Do you get easily offended? Because I I started trying to remember in my mind how harsh we were, and so I went back and listened, and and I believe I said. I don't understand. Some of the fact I don't understand how a dad would do this. This is this is our fell of the week, and you, Chase, said this is fell of the year, fell of the decade. I think that was the week we had a guest host in, in my place, if I remember correctly. So I don't know what the uh, friend um, uh, who I won't say your name. I am deeply sorry if I offended you. We were just having a bit of fun. All right, let me say this: you sing like I, a swell guy. Yes, I, we were having fun. I don't want to now, though. I don't want to be like. I don't want to be like we got. We got. You know, face to face with the guy that we, you know, that I was uh, taking to the carpet, and now I'm backing down. You know, we may have a difference of opinion about how to handle the situation, but uh, I think it was really funny, and we were, you know, we were being over the top, uh, uh, funny about it. So, you know, he, he was a good sport, all in fun. We may disagree how to handle the situation, but it was all good. Dear friend, please accept our deepest apologies. <laughs> I wanted him to on call in, gospel friends, for our res- mistake in regards to. The restroom Are you incident. Me? No. It was not our intention to create such awkward and embarrassing situations for you. If there was any good that came out of this unfortunate experience, it is that we have grown and learned alternative approaches to these situations. Please do not sue us, your friends, the gospel friends. <laughs> okay, I just lost all respect for um, you. <laughs> that was from apologyletters.net. I meant it from the heart, though. Just because... I wondered if I, I you had wrote it. that earlier or yeah. what did that I mean, yes, I did. I did try to get it him to call in. I wanted him to call and leave a voicemail. Maybe he still will. Maybe he still will. Hopefully he won't call in and leave a bomb in our mail or something like that. It could have been worse. He could have set, set, um, sent his uh, pet cat in. <laughs> he could have, or he could have been would have never the, left the uh, vice president uh, in charge of your particular building and found out it was you. Do you guys know? I told you I, li- I like dogs. Do y'all know that I had a dog one time that was um, – Eating his own. Okay, so hey, I have an issue. Like, Hang on a second, though. I gotta dogs. tell you. I gotta tell you. Look, look. He was. <laughs> oh, look, I can't. Never I gotta mind. tell you. We couldn't get him to stop eating his own. Wait a minute. This is not fair. No, How can on. he share his dog poo oh. eating story, and I can't share my no, dog? No, no, no. Here's the thing if that I, I want to say. Anybody here's on this the thing show I want to say. Show is going to show what's over the line. That's me, and that story is over the line. Here's what I want to say. We couldn't get him to stop. Okay, and so. And, of course, he would eat it and then run up and lick on us, and we didn't like that. So we took him to the vet. We took him to the vet. You know what they said? They gave us some medicine to sprinkle on his food that would make it taste bad to him. Make his food taste bad. Yeah. We had to pay money. We had to pay money for medicine to put on the dog food so that 
that his poo would taste bad to him. I feel can like I do this every week, but I'll, if you'd like to leave us a message, <laughs> can you imagine how bad my dog story must be if nobody will let me tell it and, and we just let your, Look, your it, story it go? It is the on worst story in the history of stories. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I mean, it's a dog story. Nick but. has that what just happened look on his face. <laughs> I'm speechless. And if you know me in personal life, you know how hard that is to accomplish. Usually when we get to this point, Cat lovers out there right now are saying... Land the airplane. Our cats would never do that. No, there you go. But they would claw your eyes out. All right. So we're going to wrap this up one more time. I if you would to. like <laughs> to contact us, we would love for you to do that. Social media, hit us up on the Twitter, at My Gospel Friends, the Facebook group, Hall of Dogma, facebook.com slash group slash Hall of Dogma. Of course, um, we still have the old-fashioned email, thegospelfriends at gmail.com. Voicemail, as Chase said earlier, 205-575-9735, um, or international, and, and we don't want to deal with international phone rates for you, speakpipe.com slash thegospelfriends, and that will also be in the show notes. All of these will be included in the bottom of the show notes um, when it comes to gospelfriends.com. Gospelfriends.com, and I'm trying to get them on the MP3 file as well, so they should be nice. hopefully showing up on your uh, good old MP3 player. All right. Thanks for joining us. We're out. See you next week. On a dark and stormy night, everything was right. I was waiting on the hand. All my help and weight Lightning shone like day But something was about Chris Suskin joined the uh, If I'm saying that right uh, Suskin Suskin Okay So in light of So in light of <laughs> What was it you called him at first? That would be Chris Suckin. <laughs> wow. So in light of of what's about to ha- transpire, I'm not editing this out. Yeah, I think it needs to stay in. Okay. <laughs> All right, remember who's got you back there, Chris. It's not your Auburn boy. Rev verbiage um, is bad Fumbled. with words at times. Fumbled. Badly. It's and almost the other like team returned it it's for almost a like he was going for a game ending. Can play I call in- can I call for an edit? Can can we do that? Do we get one edit? Sure, go ahead, call for it. I don't want to call for an edit on this. I'd Done. like I'd like to yeah, edit. You're you're good. Done. You're gold. Y'all aren't really going to edit it, are you? I don't know how to. I mean, <laughs> edit. Uh, Nick, when you, could you say, could you edit this, Nick? I could, but you're not going to. When you say edit, Chris Suskin joined us this week as a new listener at C Suskin, and he also left this week as a new <laughs> listener after this particular segment. He, Sorry, uh, Chris. He was probably oh, one and done. Look, yeah, you know well. what? I've lived my whole life with people calling me, you know, with the last name that I have, McDonald yeah, and, yeah. and McDooley and all kinds of things. So, you know, hopefully, Chris is a good sport, or Nick will edit this out. Yeah. Uh, the problem Chris had, I am sensing an after show blurb that's that's mm. all okay 